Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, the podcast that explores Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I am the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jim Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. How you feeling, man? I feel good. Woohoo! Yeah, man. Yeah. So you preached last weekend? Uh-huh. That was good. I hate you. Why would you say that? I just complimented you. I, hate I literally you. just complimented you. Why and you now you're that? saying. You make you. I am a good friend. No, you're not. I know what you're setting up. I'm. I know what I you're have. setting up. <laughs> Are you? Wait, I know what you you're assume, setting up. You assume that I'm going to bring up the fact that you told a lie. I told you. I. You, I wasn't going to do I, that. I oh, was not going do? to do what that. Do? I was just going to say, "Hey, good job, man." I was no, going to move on. Were. But since you brought it no, up, because I looked at you and you go, "I saw the smirk." I know. There's no smirk. I no, saw the smirk. No. All I know is is that uh, you tend not your, to say anything. Your, your sermon. Tend not to say anything. Ten. Ten bucks. Don't say anything. Ten bucks doesn't do anything. What are you talking about? Ten bucks. No, don't I don't care about that. So um, if, if, if you if you listened to Jimmy's sermon um, on the live stream. Um, 20 and a cigar. And, uh, you know, you didn't, uh, you got a cigar on you right now? <laughs> yeah, no, you don't. If you had a cigar right now, then maybe I would. All right. So Jimmy did a thing that everybody does, right? I've done this thing. So in the first service, we have two services. In the first service, he was preaching. And he, he, he wound up, and I, I probably wasn't even in your notes. No, it, was probably, it wasn't you know, in something notes. you said because we've all heard it a million times. Like, hey, you know, when the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies once a year, he had to have a rope tied around his waist in case he died. That way he could get pulled out in case he was unclean or something. And uh, so he told that story, and I texted him, and I said, like, hey, man, uh, that's a myth. That's not in the Bible. That's not in any historical documents. That's not a thing. So maybe don't say that second service. But we, we've all done that. We've all said that. And I just thought it was so funny. It, was, it became my favorite part of the, of the message. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm telling I'm checking. Yeah, you can check. <laughs> because uh, it's not the only one. There's a bunch of myths out there that Christians uh, repeat all the time that uh, – that are total nonsense. Like uh, back in the seventies, did you ever hear that the NASA scientists discovered the um, the missing day? What? Yeah, because it was a missing day because uh, one of the prophets had the sun stand still. Yeah, uh, yeah. NASA scientists discovered when he was mapping the history of the universe backward and forth. Oh, we're missing a day, and uh, that that never happened as well. Um, how do you how do you find a missing day in the? Because you're NASA scientist, bro. You wouldn't understand because you're not a NASA scientist. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. And then there was like, uh, there's this thing that people say all the time, especially preachers, especially in uh, uh, maybe wealthier churches, uh, that the eye of the needle, when Jesus says it, uh, it's harder for a, a rich man to get into heaven. No, oh, it's, it's harder for, the, yeah, that the eye of the needle is a gate that was really hard to get into. So the camel would have to basically get on his knees and, and crawl through. No such gate. Didn't exist. Not true. Not a part of Israel's history. Um there's a bunch of them. So your uh, yeah, thanks, and I'm glad that your guys' CG focused on that. Yeah, we, we didn't focus really? on on your mistake. No, apparently I, you I walked us through like a bunch of myths that people always repeat, like the candy cane myth. You know, I want you to know, really, you know, really appreciate mm-hmm. that the time to go yeah. over the sermon. Yeah, was wasted. No, 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 it wasn't. It wasn't. We actually, we actually went into first of all, candy cane myth. Christian did not invent candy canes, nor, uh, well, it's arguable, uh, but the red and white stripes, red and the blood of Jesus, not true. That's not why the red stripe was added to it. Mm. Anyways, we went through the history of that. Um, we actually uh, spent our time not only walking through a bunch of these myths, but mm. why it's important to not be people that repeat these myths, why it's important, and what it might say about us and our faith. And we did a whole little kind of a, mm. kind of zigged and, and zagged instead of just going straight down the line. With uh, with your message, or just even the message at all? Right. No. No. We didn't. Part of what you said. Yeah. Yeah. I took what you said, 
So uh, technically, I am engaging with your sermon. You said something, wow. and that became the jumping-off point. Wow! Mm-hmm. It was good. It was good. It was a good time. Yeah, we enjoyed it. it makes a preacher feel good. <laughs> hey, listen, I told you I could. I got. Oh, I can't wait. I'm going to let him say this for second service, and then it'll be out there, and then it'll be really fun to mm-hmm. talk about. So, are you, so you're welcome. Yeah, I think. I, I, I think well, it won that part. Yeah, I thank yeah. you for that. Mm, yeah. There you go. That's all I wanted. Mm. That's all I wanted. That's why I'm a preaching coach, guys. Never. I again. help people figure <laughs> out what not to say after they've already said it. <laughs> yeah, well done. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying that. Uh, no, the message was really good, and uh, now I'm back up. I'm run, running ahead. Um, yeah, man, it's been it's been a busy week and weekend, right? Yeah. And yeah. like, I know you got the whole house thing going on. You've been super busy during the week, man, working I late know. at night. Yep. Gee whiz. But I always make time for you, and then I try to get together with you, and you're not there. Okay, first of all, I've been the one saying, hey, let's get up and grab lunch. And you're like, yeah, okay, cool. Friday's going to be best. I said, great. And then you go, not this Friday. That's what you said. I know. I, yeah. Oh, so yeah, then, for lunch. Yeah. So I said, okay, fine, great. Boom, mm. done. So, yeah. So I'm looking forward to this next week when we can actually do something. 2021? <laughs> <laughs> old inside joke Mm -hmm. all right so we we wanted to uh jump on here and talk about something that we get email questions about uh social media questions people ask Mm -hmm. us this a fair bit we've this is one of the more common questions that we've done and i don't think we've actually gotten into it i don't think we have maybe maybe a brief comment here or there Mm -hmm. so the question is basically this how do you guys determine what songs you sing Mm -hmm. at redeemer fellowship casting lots and uh, <laughs> no, we just sing Casting Crowns. Ah. Uh-huh. Uh, I have that. Oh. Uh, that still works. That still works. That's, a, that's, that's still a good one. <laughs> that's a bad joke. So, um, yeah, like, because do, do you only sing hymns or what hymns do you sing? Do you sing contemporary songs? You know, a lot of people are up in arms because they're like, well, man, you can't use, you can't sing like Hillsong or Bethel songs because even if the lyrics are good, because those people are whack. And so you can't support the whackness. Um, and so I thought we would talk about how we actually go about choosing our songs and okay. why we allow some songs that were written by people who are not solid theologians. All right. Well, let's go for it. Well, Joe, as a lead pastor, as founding pastor, as planting pastor. What direction did you give? Especially as you are the elder over worship. I am one of the elders over worship. The main elder over worship. (laughs) And uh, yes, we did. I discipled our worship leaders in our early days of Redeemer Fellowship. And we developed a philosophy of ministry regarding worship music and all of that. Um, Well, first of all, the way that we choose songs is um, before a song is introduced that we have not yet sung, um, that gets submitted by one of us to the worship leaders uh, who are band leaders, essentially, who are responsible for cultivating um, the uh, the uh, uh, liturgy and making sure everything's plugged in. Um, but then El- Brian and Pastor Brian and I are, are the elders that oversee all of it. So they will submit a song to us, and then we go, yay or nay, mm. right? And uh, sometimes, like, they just submitted one, and I'm like, eh, there's a part of that song that f- feels super cheesy to me, but I like what's being said, and... You guys always wind up doing things cooler, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so I'm gonna like go ahead, go ahead and do that. So that's the basic process, right? It gets submitted, we listen to it. Now we have our people writing songs again uh, for worship, which has been really good. But then it comes down to this thing, like, well, do we? Will, are we willing to sing songs if the author maybe isn't theologically sound? And the answer for us is yes, we will, um, on occasion, sing songs that are solid that are biblical 
that are rich, but are written by someone or a group of people that are not solid. Like? Well, okay. Well, let's, let's start with the Wesleys. Okay. Cause everybody thinks I'm going to go to Bethel, but we can mm. start with the, we listen, uh, Charles Wesley was the hymn writer. John was the preacher, but they worked together on a lot of this and they were, uh, you know, Arminian. They were non-reformed, non-Calvinist. They hated the doctrines of election. Uh, but even John had like some messed up notions of justification. There's some wonky theology. And yet when you read the hymns, they sound like they were written by a Calvinist. Mm. They are beautiful. They are glorious. And can it be right? Um, all of those hymns are not all the hymns that are popular and that we sing. Um, they actually do not, I believe, accurately reflect the theology held by those brothers uh, when the hymns were written. I think they, they, there was some overlap, I'm sure, but for whatever reason, the way that they wrote those songs, they wound up perhaps unintentionally pushing a theology that we are much more in agreement with than they would have been. Mm. So there's an example. We'll start with that, that uh, the Wesleys uh, and Charles in particular wrote hymns that we will sing, even though his theology was, as the kids say, sus. It was sus. Mm -hmm. Suspect. <laughs> uh, but then we get into like, you know, the, oh, what about Horatio Spafford? Yeah. What about him? Yeah. You know that guy? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's all we need to say. That's it. Y'all know. You know. Horatio Spafford. Oh, my goodness. Uh, it is well with my soul. So you guys know the, the Horatio Spafford story. Um Horatio Spafford uh, sent his wife and his kids overseas. Uh, there was an accident. Boat sank. Uh, wife sent a telegram to him saying all the kids are dead. So he gets on a boat, starts going over that way. And when he gets to the place, now this is the traditional telling of the story. Mm -hmm. When he gets to the place where the boat probably went down, he wrote this hymn, It Is Well With My Soul, which is a beautiful, rich, awesome, theologically robust, dead-on, gospel-rich mm -hmm. kind of mm -hmm. hymn. If you love Jesus, you love that hymn. <laughs> but uh, Spafford uh, ultimately uh, renounced orthodoxy and, and started a cult, basically. And I think he lost his mind. Mm. Um, so there's another example of a guy who, you know, he wrote a good hymn, but mm, not <laughs> mm. doesn't really reflect where he was, uh, at least certainly not where he went. So what, uh, what about, uh, let's look at, you know, today. What about uh, Dustin Kensrue? Yeah, right. Very good, because... We love the modern post, mm -hmm. uh, that, uh, mm -hmm. that first album in particular, Water in the Blood. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's good it's stuff. Good. It's really good. But uh, it's some of my favorite, one of my favorite songs to sing personally is on that album. And it, like, it moves me. But uh, I'm, I, I think it's pretty well known that he has drifted away from orthodoxy. Yeah. Um, certainly, you know, the inspiration, but I mean, even the stuff that I'm seeing him say and do online goes well beyond that. Um, yeah, we're okay with singing those songs, even though he uh, no longer holds to it because we think the songs stand up on their own. Yeah. The song is either true or it's not true. And if the song is true, you know, we can, we can affirm that. Here's the thing. We don't, we don't sing songs at Redeemer that don't fit into our confession, that don't fit yeah. into our uh, philosophy of ministry, that don't fit into our culture that we've developed as a particular church. All of these things are relevant. And so when we're looking at songs, they've got to be biblical, right? biblically accurate. Uh, obviously, the poetic license is allowed, but they got to be uh, biblical, um, and they have to fit within the context of corporate worship. So if it doesn't fit within the context of corporate worship, we don't really do it. However... 
That doesn't mean that we automatically throw out a song because it's overly simple and repetitive, like a bunch of the Psalms. Mm-hmm. Or like some of the Psalms are so repetitive, it's just hey, praise the Lord, praise Him with this, praise Him with that, praise Him with a wiffle ball bat. Like it's like it's like a super, <laughs> like basic sort of a thing because there is a place for mm-hmm. that even mm-hmm. in the context of robust worship. It's just not the whole thing. Yeah. Like um, what's that song? We exalt thee. Uh, you know what the lyrics are to We Exalt Thee is? Uh, uh, we Exalt Thee. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's that's the whole thing. And I love it because I was converted when that was really popular in the 90s. And, um, oh, oh, Lord. That was another part. We Exalt Thee. And then We Exalt Thee. We exalt thee. Oh, oh Lord. Lord. Yeah. I love that. Simple melody, simple song. And that, even that could, we don't sing that one, but um, I'd be okay if we did. That fits within the context of multiple psalms and hymns and spiritual mm-hmm, songs so mm-hmm, things bounce out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where people are pushing back is, well, you can't sing a Bethel song or a hill song, a hill song because a hill song song, uh, <laughs> because they are like extreme charismatic, like losing their way gospel wise um, that they're, you know, there's corruption or there's a, whatever they have problems with the songs. And the reason people say you can't do that is not only because of the, disparity between who they are as songwriters or who they are as an organization and the content of the the lyrics, which may be good, but also because of the influence that it might have on your people when you begin to introduce songs by popular, well-known contemporary artists who are off, off the, off the, off the path. So let me, let me put it this way. It's like, um, Let's say uh, we, and I couldn't tell you which ones because I don't listen to contemporary Christian worship music very often. Um, I do that on Sundays. And then there are certain albums and bands that I listen mm-hmm. to during the week that are that way, like Dustin Kensrue's stuff. Um, but there are a couple of, uh, I know there's a couple of Bethel and or Hillsong songs that we sing at Redeemer. Mm-hmm. Not a lot, but uh, we sing them because they are good lyrically mm-hmm. and uh, musically we like them and they fit within our culture and context and worldview and when people ask well aren't you afraid that people are going to see that little thing down there oh bethel and then they're going to go re- get into bethel and then they're going to become bethelites <laughs> jimmy how many times has that happened at redeemer uh zero that's right after f- 14 years yeah yeah it's not uh is that really that long we've been here yeah. since 07 um yeah, it's never happened, and it's because we have a very clearly defined theology. We are a confessional people. Um, we are very open mm-hmm. about not just our interpretation of Scripture, but even our theological traditions. We are uh, very comfortable using the word Calvinist, Calvinism, and Reformed and Reformed Baptist from the pulpit because we are who we are. We don't apologize for yeah. it. Um the consistent teaching that we have in our small groups, uh, in our little seminars, conferences, and certainly on Sunday morning, uh, is on Christian myths. Yeah. <laughs> important to do that. Hmm. Um, cause you never know what a, even a good preacher is going to say on a Sunday morning. Dumb rope tied around a priest. You know even that? if the, even if the priest had the rope tied around his waist, you couldn't pull him through the curtain. The curtain is this huge thick thing. You would, you would just be, it would never I want work. you to know I'm working in candy cane next one. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. The two witnesses. It's like, you ever see the candy cane? <laughs> got, the, got the red stripe and the white stripe? Those are the two witnesses. Um, 
So we we don't fear that our people because yeah. we speak out against false doctrines all the time. We we compare the truth to the contemporary errors. Um, so if though, if we thought like, well, you know what? If our people would be motivated or influenced in a negative way, then we wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So here's what here's what I would say. I don't think it's wrong for a church to use a Bethel song just because Bethel is corrupt. And for the record, I, yeah, I don't know who at Bethel is writing what, just because Bethel is nuts doesn't mean that the person who wrote the song is yeah, or isn't. Yeah. I, don't, I can't get into all that. What I can do is I can evaluate the song on its own terms and go, here's what it said. And in our church, for our people, they're not going to like dive down the Bethel rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're very much dialed into who we are as a people and what we're doing. Uh, but yeah, if, if I, I definitely wouldn't... Um, you know, recommend books and resources to people that I thought were going to uh, lead them down a wrong path. And I don't yeah. think singing a song is recommending an organization to them. It's recommending a song to them. So again, if I was at a different church and there was a different culture, we might have a totally different policy. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, do you think it's wrong for people to, 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 to block off artists or musicians because, you know they're 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 theologically off. Even if their hymn is good, do you think like it's a bad practice to just have a standard and say we just don't sing them? No, I don't think it, I don't think it's wrong to do it. I do think though you're missing out on on some good worship. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm not gonna tell you you're wrong, but I think you're missing out. I like the idea of like learning from and and showing that we are connected as a body. Like you know, hey, we can sing some Luther. You know, we can we can sing some uh, some Horatio Spafford. I guess he might not even qualify as Christian at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we can sing some Wesley. You know, obviously we'll sing some of the Baptist stuff. And I think it's cool to 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 see the I guess the diversity that's there. But I think I think the part of the part of the problem that I have with this conversation is that people will um, they'll like I can't believe you would sing a Bethel song. Okay, so then give me the top five principles that you have for selecting songs, and they haven't really thought of more than two. Mm. And it's like, okay, so like, I get it. And some people have thought about it deeply and they have concluded that singing Bethel songs is no yeah. bueno. Yeah, yeah. Fine, totally okay, fine. Yeah. But I'm more interested in having a holistic approach. Like, okay, let's determine how we select the songs that we sing or you know, the songs that we write for that matter. And what does that look like? And then you can have, I think, a better way of determining what your policy or practice is going to be because it's built upon these principles and these convictions that are theological in nature. You know, I don't, I, I obviously people that are saying like, oh, this is hip, this is cool, this is the newest thing, let's all do mm, this. It's fresh fire. You know, what we've never sung was 10,000 Reasons. I don't think we've ever sung that song um, at Redeemer. And like, it was like the most popular worship song for, I don't know, a couple of years. But uh, it's like, it has to fit theologically but even culturally, you know what I mean? We're not going to have a, you know, like we, it, it's interesting because we've had different bands over the years. And so some bands will have almost more of an Americana country kind of a mm-hmm, flavor. Mm-hmm. Uh, some bands will have a bit more of a Rocky vibe. Some bands will have more of that sort of straight down the middle Christian worship vibe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's all fine. But there are certain things that just, that we wouldn't pull off. It wouldn't really work for who we are. Yeah. And uh, so like if, if, uh, if I, if I was like, hey, man, I, I want you guys, to, I want a particular band, I want you to, to do this, and uh, they'd be like, bro, that's hip-hop. I'd be like, yeah, 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 it's, yeah. it's really cool. Can you do that? And yeah, can they, you do this, Kanye? <laughs> they'd be like, no. No, we're not equipped to do that, and that's not really our vibe, and it would be weird because, like, how would that even work? Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I think you, know, you got to be aware of the fact that you have not only a theological tradition and a perspective, but also a culture, a worship culture that you've developed that is, I think, hopefully somewhat unique. It's interesting because people talk about it like, well, you know, shouldn't you have a multicultural approach to your worship? And my answer is, is well, I, I think that your worship culture in your particular church um, should first and foremost uh, be developed by scriptural principles and standards, mm-hmm. but then it should reflect the cultural milieu uh, mm-hmm. that you're in. So that, yeah, if, if it, it, it will appropriately reflect that. And even then it will, in that context, you will start to have your own culture that develops so that, yeah. I mean, I've heard from hip hop artists directly, Christian hip hop artists who say like, I don't go to church to hear hip hop. Like I, that's not why I don't, like I, I go to church where I go to church. Um, I, hip hop is great. I love it. It's a gift from the Lord. But uh, that's not why I go to church. So I'm not looking for a hip hop church. I'm just looking for a solid church. And I understand that it has a particular culture in it um, that is good mm-hmm. and biblical, but also unique to itself. And it's going to have blends of a variety of different things. And it's not just one thing. It's a little more complicated yeah, than that. Yeah. So all that I think you got to take into consideration when you're talking about these things. But I think we can agree. I don't know if we can agree. I can agree. I don't like I don't like most Bethel and Hillsong stuff. No. It's not my jam. But the songs that we happen to sing, I really do like that what we do, and I like the way our musicians put it together. Mm-hmm. So, what's nice about it though is that because everything is like sort of put together, and you can see what they're going to say beforehand, you know, like okay, we're going to sing this song, and there's not going to be a lie in it. You know, like, like we wouldn't put it up there. But like when you were preaching, you know, you just put that whole thing in there about how the rope was tied around the waist of the priest and they could drag him out in case he died because, you know, he was struck dead by the Lord because he was unclean or something like that. You know, that won't get in there because we'll know it before. Because there's no, there's no riffing. There's no ad-libbing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I've been waiting to talk about this for like, I don't know how many days now. It's been so fun. Woohoo! Yeah. You can find us online on Instagram, Twitter, at mm-hmm. Doc and Devo. That's right. On Facebook, slash Doctrine and Devotion. Yeah. You can head to the website, drvotion.com. There you can contact us. Yeah, you can. You can sign up for the email blast. You can hit the store, joefostore.com, and grab some gear. Yeah. Get some Monday, knowledge. Monday and Thursday, blog posts and video content are also at the website. Mm-hmm. And I want to thank you, our all-access exclusive subscribers. Thank you. You've got your Banter of Truth on Tuesday mm-hmm. and your Weekday Wisdom Monday through Friday. Yeah. Head on over to drvotion.com, slash all-access to register today. Later. I think I, Why would you do that? I think hurt, you, hurt, hurt you so beat Why so, would you so do deeply. That? Why'd you have to do that? <laughs> but first of all, because we keep it real. No, we, we talk about everything. We talk about everything. Yeah, we do. We talk about everything. We talk about everything. I'm going to talk yeah. about that whatever. Thing on, I'm going to talk about the thing on your nose right now. There's nothing on my no, nose. That big pimple. I'm I don't have a pimple on my nose. I'm I'll take a picture right now and prove it. I don't. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell everybody. I have scars on my face. I'm going to get it all. I have hairs growing out my nose. Just get tired of it.